If uh, you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 40. Um, as always, if you're new to this thing and trying to figure things out, Genesis is in the front of the book of the Bible. Uh, the big number is the chapter, the little number is the verse, and if you're new kind of navigating that, hopefully uh, someone around can help you get there. Uh, but we are uh, week three in a six-week series, so we're reach- reaching the halfway point talking about this man, Joseph, that God used in tremendous ways and how some things in his life did not go as he planned. And in the midst of that, he maintained his character, his integrity, and however things came his way, he just always made a good decision. And how, how, how can we learn from him? And we were just talking beforehand Uh, in the back, and I was talking about what I don't want tonight to be and I don't want this series to be is just kind of like a a sulking session where, you know, yeah, Joseph had it tough, I had it tough, you know, poor is me, woe is me, you know, everything stinks, and, you know, see you next week. Um, Hopefully, you can resonate with some of the things going on in this man's life, and you can kind of put yourself in his shoes and say, man, what did he do, and what was the wisdom he had? What were the principles that he, that he used uh, to make the right decisions and maintain his character, and how can I do that in my life? And so uh, tonight, we are talking about the idea or the topic of just being faithful, just being faithful where God has you, being faithful with what he's called you to do, with what he's called me to do. And for some of you in the room tonight, you are in a season or a time in your life where you are not, you are not where you want to be. If you uh, were God and you could kind of move some things around, you would, you would shift some things, you would change some things. Maybe it has to do for some of you in here with your work. Um, you just don't like where you are, you don't like your boss, you don't like the people below you, above you, your, you know, where you work, who you work for, you just, everything about it, it's just, it's just hard. And for some of you, um, it, is, it is your home life, it's your, it's your marriage maybe, where you'd say, man, I just don't really like where this season of life is, or these kids, man, um, I, don't, I don't really enjoy them right now. I, I, I'd sell them if, you know, it was a good price out there for them, and you, you really just would think through, man, what, what am I supposed to do with where would God have me? Because um, I believe that all of us reach a season in our life, or a time in our life, maybe it's a day, maybe it's a week, maybe it's years where you kind of have this conversation with God, where you feel like you have earned something or you deserve something. You may be, and and maybe you would not voice it out loud, but in your head, you would think, man, God, I have tithed my whole life. Why is this always an issue for me? My finances are always out of whack. I feel like I've done a good job. Or maybe in your head, you think, God, I've worked so hard. And I have not gotten any recognition. I've always been at the bottom. I've never really, you know, been noticed. And not that I need to be, but it's just always feel like I'm against the grain. Or maybe last week when we talked about purity with Joseph and how he, and you were here and you thought, man, I have, I have not looked at porn for years, but man, why would God have me in, this, in my marriage where I am today? It just doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. What am I supposed to do? And so we're going to talk about Joseph and how he was faithful when he did not want to be where God had him. He did not want to be there. And he, if, if he were here tonight, what were some things maybe he would be saying to us? But um, someone who is faithful um, is just someone who is loyal, someone who is consistent, or someone who is steadfast. 
when you think of the idea of being faithful, there is someone that comes to your mind, someone that will pop in your head. Maybe it is, uh, for some of you, it is your spouse. Uh, maybe it is your parents or someone pops in your head when they are faithful. Um, uh, the, one of the men that pops in my head when I think of faithful is uh, Pastor Craig Peters. He is just faithful. He has been faithful in serving God. And as God has called him in a different direction, I told him I was going to tell on him and tell, uh, just, you know, put him on the spot. But I, uh, if you speak or if you're ever in front of people, sometimes you have this fear of, you know, losing your train of thought. You know, you're talking, you're looking at everyone, all of a sudden you forget, you're like, where am I? Who am I talking to? And what are you supposed to do? So uh, Craig has talked to me about that before, how when you're speaking, you need to have some tools in place um, when that happens, because it happens more than you would like to know. Um, So sometimes he says, you know, you're speaking, and he said, if I'm over here, you know, I'm talking, and all of a sudden I realize I'm over here, and my notes are over there, and I don't know who I'm talking about, what I'm talking about, or what I'm supposed to say next. He says, no matter what, Mike, this is what always works. He said, doesn't matter if you're talking about God's sovereignty, about what man is supposed to do, about, you know, anything, you name it. He goes, gentlemen, isn't God faithful? Say it with me out loud. God is faithful. And God is faithful, amen. And he said that gives him time to get back to his notes. So I just want to put it. So next time you see him do that in service, just kind of shake your head and don't say anything and just look at him. So uh, the idea of Faithfulness does really go in a lot of directions, but I really want to hone in on, in Genesis chapter 40, I'm going to look at two different, uh, in 40 and 41, what Joseph did and what a man who is faithful, what he does in order to maintain his character and things like that. So uh, number one in chapter 40, I'm going to be in verses one to four, but a man who is faithful believes that God has them where he wants them. It's the first point tonight, that God has them where he wants them. Let's look at Genesis 40, verse 1. It says this, Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, their lord who would be Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers and the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them, and they continued for some time in custody. In verse 1 and verse 4, it says, for some time. It says it twice, for some time. We don't know how long that is, but um, this story of Joseph, as it has come along, um, he, in Genesis 37, his brothers sold him into slavery. He was in the pit, and Reuben kind of helped him get out of the pit, sold him into slavery. He gets to Egypt, and if you remember last week, he works his way up because the Lord was with him, and he was doing amazing things. Everything Joseph touched was successful, not because of himself, but because of God working through him. And then uh, the issue with Potiphar's wife and the interaction and how she kind of made up some things about him because she would, he would not sleep with her. So now what happens in Genesis 30, 39? They throw him into prison because everything that she was saying, Potiphar had to believe, the second in command. So now Joseph, uh, last week we left off, he is in prison. We don't know how long he is there. 
we know in Genesis 30, uh, 37, he is 17 years old as God is doing these things in his life. And we know now he's around the 30 to 33 range. He's, uh, he's a little bit older, but this is something that I want to point out. I don't know why uh, Pharaoh is mad at the cupbearer and the other guy. Maybe they made a bad meal and it wasn't good and whatever. I don't know why he would throw him in uh, to prison. But here's the thing about Joseph. If, if he were here to talk with us. He is in this, in this season of life where he has been for some time in custody and in prison, and he does not want to be there, but he is believing that God has him where he wants him. Just believing, God, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why you have me here. I cannot see what you're doing, but God, I need to trust you. God, I need to believe that you are going to do something in my life. And for whatever reason, for some time, he's in custody. And the, the people who are closest to Pharaoh, the only guy who can get Joseph out, they end up joining company with him. And here's a proverb, Proverbs 18, 16. It says this, um, <clears throat> a man's gifts make room for him and bring him before the great. He, here's an idea that Joseph, I don't think he would know this proverb but if you are in a season where you do not want to be in and you are struggling to believe that God has you where he wants you, you have to believe, you know what, if I am, if I am due for something besides this, I have to believe that my gifts or where God wants me to be, it will make room for me. It will make room for me. And the, entire, or the, I, I, the enemy of um, faithfulness is this, it's entitlement. It's entitlement. Whenever you're struggling to believe, and sometimes you've been in the car with yourself or you're talking to yourself, and you would say things along the line like this, I don't deserve this. Maybe for some of you, the idea of being faithful, it's not, it, sometimes it's a season. It's very seasonal for you. Maybe it's been a week. Maybe it's been a month. And some of you, you'd been in here and you would say, it has been 20 years it has been 20 years, and I feel like I deserve something, right? You know, sometimes when you get home and you're, you know, maybe you got the kids, everyone's arguing, stuff's going off the wall, and you just want to be like, Monday Night Football is 10 times a year. God help us. I just want to watch it. March Madness, it comes around once a year. Please, woman, get off my back. Like, you, you have these things where you feel like you deserve something, but the enemy of faithfulness is entitlement. It's just the, the me-centered, it is, you know what, I deserve more than this, but Joseph does not have that attitude. And all of us, that creeps in in our life. You know what, I've worked so, so long, so hard, how come they don't recognize me? I've done this X, Y, and Z for so long, and Joseph, for some time, we don't know how long, but he is just faithful. He is consistent, and he maintains his character. Here's the awesome thing about Joseph. Wherever God has him, Wherever God has him, whatever God puts in front of him, he says, God, what do you want to do with me here? I don't want to be here. And maybe for all of us, if, if you would be in here tonight and you would say, man, this story of Joseph I don't necessarily resonate with. It's not hitting home with me. I am willing to bet that there is someone you know or even at your table where they would say, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Or I remember the season where I didn't want to be there and I could not see what God was doing. Pull up uh, Genesis 50:20. I, I pulled this up every, every I got it on the, the slide for us. I br brought this up every, every night, and I, I'm going to do it every week, because this is the main idea of Joseph's, Joseph's life. It says, 
As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Man, a lot of times, means evil against us, but God is working things for good. And this is at the end of his life. Um, I could, I'd be willing to bet if I were to pull the older, older gentleman up. I don't want to categorize age, but let's just say older. And pull you up and we're able to say, tell me about a time in your life when you could not see what God was doing. But now it is clear as day. Man, it was when I was 35. And this happened at my work and I couldn't provide. And this happened and this happened. And I was so angry with God. I felt entitled. I felt like I deserved something. And then this happened, man. I would have never bet that God would have done this, but he did it. Sometimes us younger guys, we're just, we're just more dumb. We just think everything's falling off the rails. We're more anxious. We're more worried. And the older you get, the more I'm around older gentlemen, I'm just able to see you trust God a little bit more. You just trust him because us younger guys, we don't know. You guys, this older gentleman will tell me, they'll just say, you just don't know God. Just give it to the Lord. He'll take care of it. Give it to God. He'll do his thing. So this idea of believing that God has you where he wants you involves patience, involves timing, and just saying, God, I want to be faithful to you today, right now, where you have me and where you want me to be. Uh, number two, faithful men make the most of opportunities in front of us. Make the most of opportunities in front of us. Look at verse 5. And one night they both dreamed. The cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in prison, each his own dream, and each dreamed its own interpretation. When Joseph came in in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. Think about this for a second. <clears throat> when you are not where you want to be in life, what is true about you and I? We are not concerned about what other people are going through. What are we concerned about? Myself. And is it often not true? I forget who said it. Maybe, Craig, you'd remember. But it, was, it, it's, it is often hurting people what hurt people. When you're hurting, when you're struggling, don't you often miss opportunities in front of you? Or you miss something in front of you that God wants to do. But this, look at Joseph, verse 6. He saw, when Joseph came in in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. Joseph has his eyes open. God, even though I'm not where I want to be, I want to I be available for you. I want to seek an opportunity. Verse 7. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in the master's house, why are your faces downcast today? How many opportunities would you have or would I have if when we saw someone troubled, we asked the question, hey, what's going on? Hey, you look super down today. What's going on? Are you doing okay? Hey, is there anything I can do? Can I, can I pray for you? Can I uh, encourage you in some way? Is there, what, what's going on? And Joseph, this opportunity, he sees these two guys that they're downcast and he speaks to that. In verse 8, it said that they said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. Here's the first point I want to point out is when we're hurting, we often miss hurting people in front of us. When we're hurting, we often miss hurting people in front of us. And Joseph, man, he is faithful. And even though he is in a season, he does not miss the opportunity to speak into these lives of these two people, the, the cupbearer and the other guy. And they, they've had this dream. They look downcast. And I'm going to talk about in a second what those dreams are. But he, he seeks these opportunities that God has just put in front of him. Often when we're hurting, 
we don't notice people in front of us who are hurting. Because, man, we got our own stuff going on. And, and that is a season and a time. But often, man, how much, how much more could God use us if, um, in the, I, I think it was Jim said it a couple weeks ago, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Just one individual. It's not tackling the whole world. It's that one guy at work that you know he's hurting. You've asked him a thousand times. You've worked together for 20 years. It's finally saying, hey, man, I want to pray for you. How you doing? God, would you, would you use me in this? And here is a, another principle that I think that we see from Joseph um, when giving advice. Um, and giving advice is always this really weird thing that you've experienced that uh, maybe you've tried giving your kids advice. That was a wash. Uh, you know, you've tried that. And I, I've shared before, you know, my dad would always say, he would tell me something and I would not have no idea what he said, blah, blah, blah. Someone else would tell me, dad, you won't believe what they said. And this is this. I've been telling you that for 10 years. Never heard you say that one time. And you, when you give advice to certain people, you guys are all like, man, you, my kids, you guys are all the same. When you give advice how are you supposed to give advice and what are you supposed to say? And so there's three things, three principles that Joseph uses when he does this. The first one is this. He asks permission if he can give unsolicited advice. I think it's the next one. He asks permission. He says, please tell me. Please tell me what's going on. If you are going to give unsolicited advice or advice that someone is not asking, oftentimes you should ask permission. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, but before I tell you, do you care? Do you mind if I say a few things? The advice will be received way better if you ask, I believe, instead of just coming up and just laying your knowledge and your wisdom on them. The second one is don't assume everyone needs our advice. Um, I, th this is twofold because I think it's hard when you've experienced things or you have went through things and you have regrets in your life aren't you so desperately trying to save people from the same mistake? Your kids, you want to protect them from the same mistake you made. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a relational thing. You would say, I need to protect them, and you want to offer advice to them, which is, all, which is, which is a good heart in that. But if someone is not ready to hear the advice, they can't take it. They're not ready for it sometimes. And lastly, give the interpretation um, to God. It says in James 1.5 that if anyone, ask, ask with, or if anyone needs wisdom, let him ask of, ask of God and he will give to all generously more than enough and beyond reproach. Here's how um, giving advice I think that uh, we see from Joseph and how he applies this. He asks them, hey, please tell me what's going on. I'd like to speak to that. He doesn't assume, he doesn't just walk up and say, hey, here's your problem, here's your problem, here's your problem. He doesn't do that. And he says, as he's saying it, he says, don't all interpretations belong to God? He doesn't make it about himself. He doesn't say, hey, I have so much wisdom to offer you, which he does. He could have said that. He doesn't say, I've experienced more than you knuckleheads have ever experienced. Let me tell you what's going on. He doesn't say that. He says, hey, God has something to say here. Let me, let me show you something from God's word. And so I think that that is a, applicable for all of us when you're giving advice or when you're receiving advice. Uh, ask permission, don't assume, but also give the interpretation to God. Hey, sometimes it's just saying this. Hey, I experienced something in my life one time. This is what God did. I don't know what God's going to do in your life, but maybe he's doing the same thing he did in mine when you're giving advice. It's in Genesis. Uh, look at 41 verse 16. 
just jump over on the other side of your Bible. Uh, we're going to see here in a second. When Joseph has another interaction with Pharaoh, he says in verse 16, Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not to me, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. He, anytime Joseph has the opportunity, he's always deflecting back to God. He's not saying, look how wise I am. Look how much experience I got. Look, how, look at all the credit I deserve. Look at everything I've done. No, 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 no. He always points back and he says, hey, God has something to say here. And the way that we can apply that, I believe, is saying, hey, I think God's word speaks to your situation. Hey, I think God's word has something to say here. When you're having a conversation with someone. Uh, number three, faithful men are content with not getting the credit. Not getting the credit. In verse, uh, chapter 40, verse 14 to 15. So just to catch us up, uh, they tell him the dream. I'm not going to read the dreams because it, it's pretty redundant, and I don't know of the significance. I don't think there's much in those tonight. But they have this dream, and they tell him what's going on. In verse 14, this is what he says. After he gives the interpretation, he says, Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh and to get me out of this house. He wants them to remember him, not that he gets his name on a plaque and he gets put up in front of everyone how smart he is. He says, hey, I just want out of this situation. I just, I, I am here. I don't want to be here. I just want someone to remember me so I can, I can get back to my daily life. And he says, and Pharaoh, so to get me out of this house, verse 15, for I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews and I also have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. And so after that, these two guys, Cupbearer, the other guy, they, they go, Chief Baker, they go back. Exactly what Joseph said took place, the same exact thing took place. Pick up in verse 20. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, happy birthday, Pharaoh, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up his head and the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker. Here we go. As Joseph had interpreted to them. This, is the, this, one, this one stinks. Yet the chief, chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but what? Forgot him. Just forgot him. You ever feel like you just, whatever you did, however big or small it is, just forgot? Everybody forgot about it? And, I mean, honestly, this next, look at chapter 41, verse 1. After two whole years, I'm like shocked by two whole years. Two whole years, I don't know if I'd make it. Some of you guys went, two years, that's nothing. You guys were thinking 22, like honestly, you 32, 40, you're like two years, Mike, that, just buckle up. Like you, when he feels forgotten, just put yourself in his shoes. What's he going through? He doesn't want the credit, but he is, and I'm reading into it a little bit because we don't know, it doesn't say content, but I'm assuming that where he is, he is content with not getting the credit. He doesn't want the credit. No, 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 no. He just wants out of his situation, it is in Proverbs uh, 27.2, let another praise you and not your own lips. Let a stranger and not yourself. He is in the position where he's saying, I don't want recognized. I don't need recognized. I'm not worried about that. I don't want the credit. I just went out of this situation. Some of you have done things for God that have gone, gone unnoticed. You don't want a plaque. 
You don't want your name on a screen. You don't want to be up here. You don't want to be recognized. You want a thank you. You just want to thank you. Maybe in your marriage, you're saying, man, if my wife just recognized what I did, that would be enough. Man, if they would just understand the hard work that I put in at my work for 20 plus years, they don't think I do anything, they think I do this, and you would say, I have worked so hard and I don't get any recognition, it is the quote from uh, Harry S. Truman says this, that it is amazing what can be accomplished when you don't care who gets the credit. Ah, oh, it's just not about me. It's just not about me. I would say the daily battle, at least for me, is just that reminder of God, it is not about me. It is not about my name at all. It is about your name, not to us, O Lord, but to your name be the glory. And faithful men from Joseph's life, they just understand it it has nothing to do with me. When I get to the end of this life, they're going to paint me up. They're going to put me in a box. They're going to put me in the ground. And the next man goes on and the message continues. And it's just faithful, faithful men. And it is 2 Corinthians 4. 18 says this, we look to the things that are seen. That's what we look to, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. God blesses, I believe, the efforts of Joseph through his whole run because I'm always shocked by this story because Joseph is, he is zealously not about himself. Not, he, and he could have easily been. He could have played the pity party. He could have complained. He could have said, God, why would you have me out here? I've done X, Y, and Z. You did this, this, and this to me. He could have put himself, he could have had a whole pity party all about him and cried and moaned. And he just said, no, no, no. I, I, just, want, I just want God to get the glory, man. I just, I just want out of my situation. And it's in Proverbs 25, 7. It says this, for it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of the nobles, which I think is a huge business principle. Um, It is better to be invited than to ask. And what I mean by that is this, Joseph, he he stays faithful and he makes the request, hey guys, when you go back, just, just mention my name. Just mention my name. He doesn't show up and he doesn't plead his case and he say, hey, I deserve to be out of here. This is what I earn. This is what I deserve. It is better to get invited than to make your request. Because when you're invited, it's always going to go a little bit better. When you're giving advice, it's better for the advice, advice to be invited. Hey, what do you think? When someone asks you for that or responds that way, I think the principle is always it's received so much more. So much more. Let's, uh, number four, faithful men give God the credit every chance they get. And I know some of that's kind of a redundancy from three and four, but I think three is reactive and four is proactive. So this is how he gives God the credit. Uh, chapter 41, jump to verse 37. I'm not going to read all 36 verses because I'm just, it's, it's a lot and it's a lot back and forth. Simply, here's what happens. Um, Pharaoh has a dream. No one can interpret the dream. Um, so he takes people in front of him, he starts killing the interpreters, unless if, if you can interpret it, nope, they'll kill him, send him away. And then the chief cupbearer, he remembers, hey, there's that guy that one time, a couple years ago when I was in prison, he interpreted the dream, and what he said actually happened. And so then he calls uh, Joseph in, so now Joseph has an opportunity, and as he does, he predicts the dream down to the very last dot, that there's going to be a famine coming, there's going to be destruction coming, that we need to prepare for the famine. In verse 37, this is what it says. 
This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, man, this is so, this is what you want to be said about you. Can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? When they saw Joseph, they saw God. And it wasn't perfection. It wasn't that he never had his bad days. When you're in a season that you don't want to be in, you have bad days. You have bad weeks. You have bad months. And you go through seasons where it's just not what you want. But there's some consistency where people would say, hey, there's God working in his life. There's God. And you, when you think of someone in your life that is faithful, you would be able to say, yeah, maybe made this mistake, maybe shouldn't have done this, but overall, you can tell the Spirit of God is in that man. Verse 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, and there is none so discerning and wise as you are, if people recognize your discernment and your wisdom, it is only because God has given it to you. If people talk to you and you just, as, as you talk, they're like, wow. That was, who, what, say that again? You have to sit there and say, well, that's, the Lord has given me this wisdom, or people would have to recognize that it was God. Verse 40, you shall be over my house, and over all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Joseph said to Pharaoh, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it in Joseph's hand and clothed him in his garment of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he made him ride in his second chariot. And they called him before him to bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. Verse 44. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no one shall lift up a hand or foot in all the land against you. Here's what's crazy about this story. Every time Joseph has this opportunity, he stays in a season where he doesn't want to be. And right when you ever feel like, and, and you, you have felt this way, you've had days or weeks where you have to convince yourself not to quit. You don't, you don't need a pep talk. You don't need your favorite song on the radio. You have to convince yourself not to quit. God, help me to be faithful. And this is why I should do it. This is why I should stay where I'm at. I believe that in those moments, that is when God is refining you and trying to get you to the next season of life. It's, he's, he's working. And in those moments where you want to give up, you want to give up, God is working in you. It is 2 Corinthians 1.3. With the comfort that you have been comforted, so comfort one another. When, when you're going through seasons in life, and this is not always the most motivating thing, but it's true. When you're going through what feels like hell, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's at your work, maybe it's just in general, when it feels like just it can't get any worse, and God wants to literally bring you out of the pit, he is going to put people in your path that are going through the exact same thing so that you can help them. That's, that's what this is all about. We bring up the mentoring, discipleship, table discussion, because someone is always hurting. And you've heard this phrase many times in Sunday mornings as we've gone through Job. You're either what? Going in a trial, you're in a trial, or you're coming out of one. You're, it's, it's just a constant battle. And the, and the devil will tell you the lie that we said last week that you're the only one. 
He's going he's gonna to say, no one else has had the thoughts you've had. No one's had the experiences you've had. You're on your own. No one cares. He's going to tell you that all the time. And often you're going to feel the temptation of making it about yourself. And Joseph, man, he gives God the credit every chance he gets. When people see him, I want people to say, man, that, the spirit of God is in him. Well, how does he do that? He just stays faithful. God, whatever you have in front of me, I want to be consistent I want to be honest. I want to maintain my integrity. I want to be above reproach. I'm not going to be perfect. There's going to be days that I just mess up. But I I pray that you get the credit because at the end of the day, the man goes down and the message keeps going. We we go down. That's that's a guarantee. But Joseph, man, he just, he maintains his character. So as you uh, turn to your tables, the the questions at your tables that I want you guys to jump into um, are kind of the points or the reflections of the points. Have you ever been or currently in a season where you need to be faithful? I'm going to ask that you would stay on point with these questions at your tables and share. Maybe there's one or two of you that would say, it's right now. And then what are some lessons about giving advice? And the last one is um, where you, if you're in an area in your life where you deserve more credit or you feel like you do, what are some things you can learn from Joseph? So turn to your tables. I'm going to give you guys 15 minutes or so. Uh, take your time. So hopefully you guys um, had some good discussion around this topic. If you can finish, uh, finish some things up. Uh, talking about this idea of faithfulness and I, how I want to wrap this up tonight is... Um, for some of you, uh, maybe you would look at your own life and you would say, man, I want to be faithful and I have tried to be faithful, but Mike, honestly, I have really been faithless uh, my whole, m- most of my whole life, if maybe in this one area or in this other area. And so um, this idea of you being faithless, the reason that that's good news uh, for you and I is because in 2 Timothy uh, 2.13, <clears throat> Jeff, if you want to pull that up for me, is that if we are, or if we remain, uh, or if we are faithless, he remains faithful. That we serve a faithful God, that on your good days and your bad days, and when you're inconsistent, and when you're kind of, you know, you've done some things, or maybe you just feel like you missed the mark, that God, <clears throat> he has never missed the mark. He has never had a bad day, and that is why he is there for you. He wants to be there for you, and this is the kind of heart that God um, desires from us. In Luke 18, I want to read you this story. Um, Jesus tells this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated treated others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself and prayed, and this is what he prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this is what Jesus said, that this man went down to this house justified rather than the other. Verse 14, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. If you would be struggling tonight with this idea of faithfulness and how you've been faithless and just really wrestling in your relationship with God and being consistent, just you feel like you're struggling, that God would invite that kind of heart. 
Like that's the kind of heart that it requires to follow Christ. A humble and contrite heart God listens to. His ear is close to those who are humble. And for us, if you would not, you're not really struggling with this, and for maybe guys around your table, they are, to take some time tonight. Maybe someone um, needs to be asked, hey, how you doing? Just as Joseph, he was in a season where he maybe didn't really want to be in, but he didn't miss an opportunity. And because he didn't miss that opportunity uh, with the cupbearer and the other guy, that, they, that actually got him out of where he was because he was, his eyes were open. God, who do you want me to be a blessing to today? God, who do you want me to be a blessing and not a burden? How can I reach out to someone, send a text, make a phone call, and how can I be that burden carrier for someone today? So let me pray for us and I can get you guys out of here. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the story of Joseph. We thank you um, just the consistency we see from him as an example for us to follow. But God, also, uh, for those of us in here, maybe struggle with this idea and we're just really hurting right now in our, in our marriage or maybe in our work specifically, I pray that your Holy Spirit, you would lift them tonight. God, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would bring the right people around them to lift them up, God. And I pray that you would help us, all of us, to have our eyes open, that we would be a blessing to others and not a burden, that we would seek to minister to people. And God, whatever season you have us in, you are not done with us. You're always wanting to use us. You're always wanting us to be faithful. And it's being consistent. And it's year after year, week after week. God, I pray that you would help us to be men who are marked by faithfulness. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.